I was meant to be speaking on Palm Sunday, but um, it was probably God's wisdom that I didn't because it was too busy. And uh, in any case, Steve Durgis got the slot. And uh, I don't think I was even here. I can't remember. But I'm sure that was good, and I'm sure that was God's wisdom. So you've got me today on wisdom, and I'm going to do my best. Um, or I'm going to let God do his best. <laughs> so, in starting off thinking about this, I think it's best we're all on the same page of some of the words I'm going to use. So I'm going to start with definitions. Always the good start of an exciting talk, don't you think? <laughs> Define some words. Good one, Lucy. I was meant to remind you. If I ever say, go Lucy, or okay Lucy, that's because she's advancing slides. And... Um, I've got to remind her to stay awake or something. Anyway, so wisdom. You may have some notion of what you think it means. For today's purpose, uh, we're going to start with uh, what the Oxford Dictionary says, uh, which is the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment, the quality of being wise. Uh, I suppose you'd then have to look up the definition of wise to take that a step further, but I haven't done that for you today. Uh, Knowledge, we've got the definition of as well which is facts, information, and skills acquired through experience or education, the theoretical or practical understanding of a subject. So we've got wisdom, we've got knowledge. We'll look as blank as a school class. (laughs) Uh, Go on then, let's do a more exciting one. So the final definition, we've only got three definitions, is foolishness. Is that not exciting? Lack of good sense or judgment. Stupidity. You all got that one. No problems there. So I've got some examples of the interplay between knowledge, wisdom, and foolishness. Because they're actually quite closely linked sometimes. So knowledge is knowing how your computer works and understanding it completely. Wisdom is saving your work regularly. Foolishness is taking your laptop to the bath with you. We could go on at this all day, but I've only got two more of these examples. I had quite good fun with them, and probably these weren't the best ones in the end, but we'll try another one. Knowledge is understanding what the Bible says. You might have a scholarship. You might completely understand it. However, wisdom is applying it to your life. Foolishness is knowing what it says and then choosing to ignore it. Oh, that one's a bit hard-hitting in the end. That could be the preach. Uh, Knowledge is knowing how uh, to use a chainsaw. Wisdom is knowing when and where to use a chainsaw. (laughs) Foolishness is using a chainsaw when you don't know how. Uh, Graham knows how to use a chainsaw, and he knew that using one in the demonstration this morning wouldn't have been the right place. That would have been foolishness. So uh, hopefully that gives a little bit of the link between knowledge, which is knowing stuff, wisdom, which is uh, applying it, and foolishness, which is not applying it. Um, So knowledge isn't wisdom. Wisdom is the application of the knowledge that you've got. Are we happy with that definition of wisdom for this morning? Which has kind of overwritten the uh, Oxford Dictionary, which we looked at, and we've rewritten it with wisdom is the application of the knowledge that you have. Foolishness is choosing not to apply the knowledge that you have uh, in a situation, or possibly foolishness could also be failing to recognize that you don't have the knowledge required and wading in anyway. So by means of an introduction, we've defined some words. Now, 
We're told in the passage we we just read a moment ago that God's wisdom is somewhat different to human wisdom. In fact, God's foolishness is better than human wisdom, Uh, which I I think I'm inclined to agree with without even understanding. Is anyone else with me? Blind faith, I like it. Don't trust everything I say, test it, but have blind faith in God. (laughs) So God's wisdom isn't the same as this kind of worldly wisdom that we have, and I think we need to continue and explore why that might be different. So for the most controversial point, the most painful point, the point that's challenged me the most uh, in today's talk is that the wisdom that we've got or that we realize we have or possibly even the wisdom that we see in other people isn't the same as God's wisdom and we shouldn't get caught up in trying to have that kind of wisdom or be wise in the eyes of other people, in the eyes of humans. God's standards are what we're interested in. And we shouldn't put this worldly wisdom, which isn't all bad, it has its place, applying that that knowledge in a situation, we shouldn't put it above God's wisdom. God trumps it. God's like the the trump card. Whatever the suit, whatever game you're playing, God's the trump card. His wisdom wins. Um, And I think there's a, a certain kind of Britishness, a kind of staid, kind of sensible, careful dare I say, a little bit conservative, not in a political sense, uh, that could get used a lot, especially in churches, maybe in towns like Bridge North, maybe I could use them. And we could all become quite thinking we're wise, but we could all actually just be quite safe. So don't mix human caution up for God's wisdom. So this is my most offensive point. This is as horrible as it gets. There are lots of good things about worldly wisdom but don't be careful and staid and British and call it God's wisdom, please. Amen. So uh, a little bit of praying off the Britishness this morning. Um, there are so many examples of God's wisdom in the Bible not being like human wisdom. And a human wisdom wouldn't have given the same solution to a situation. I'm just going to reel off three just to make the point. So... Uh, When the Israelites were faced with Goliath challenging them, the giant, um, who did God choose to take Goliath down? Clearly, it was the little shepherd boy, David. Uh, Human wisdom would say, attack him with an army, find somebody equal. God's wisdom was, boy will do fine, no problem. Uh, An example from Jesus with his disciples. Uh, This happened twice. They've been fishing all night and caught nothing. We can either presume they're rubbish fishermen or they're professionals who know their game and it wasn't happening that night. Does anyone here fish? No fishermen. Anybody here fish? No. There we go. Well, we've got to presume that sometimes the fish don't come out to play, however good you are. Because in this story, Jesus says, well, if you put your nets on the other side of the boat, you'll catch some fish. And we've been fishing all night. This side and that side aren't so much different. This wasn't a big boat. So God's wisdom said, put the net back in the water, and uh, then came the fish, twice. Uh, God's wisdom was different to the human wisdom. Uh, The human wisdom, I think, at that point was give up. (laughs) God said, keep going. Uh, And finally, we go back to the Old Testament. So Gideon had an army ready to fight the Midianites. He'd worked hard. He'd got 32,000 trained men. He thought, I'm ready. God said, no, that's a few too many need a few less. And if you know the story, 
He kept whittling it down until Gideon was left with 300, less than 1%. Uh, at which point God said, perfect, super. And uh, they were able to defeat the Midianites without even actually fighting them, which uh, is another solution from God and his wisdom, which wouldn't have come about in human wisdom. So we're exploring the gift of wisdom, specifically God's wisdom or kingdom wisdom. We know what wisdom, knowledge and foolishness mean. We may have some notion of what is wise according to this world, and we know that God's wisdom isn't that. Whatever wisdom is according to this world, God's wisdom is something else. And it's so different, it can look like foolishness to the world. When you whittle your army right down, it's probably not going to look like the cleverest move. Uh, right, go Lucy. She suggested we had a code word for like changing the slides, and her suggestion was bananas. But I thought that I'd struggle to weave it in. Uh, so I'll just let you read that. So I then worked out in asking God what to say this morning, and Graham hasn't told me what to say, and I hope I've got the right angle on this, is that the reason God's wisdom is different, and I struggled with this for a long time, is that worldly wisdom is somewhat limited because we have to apply the knowledge that we have. Now, all the will in the world, my knowledge is limited, and God has a little bit more knowledge than I do. He has insight into what is going on everywhere, in everybody, in every situation, and he knows exactly what's going on in the spiritual realm, which I'm not quite there, not yet. So God's wisdom is about applying that spiritual level of knowledge that God has. And that's why it trumps our human wisdom. Human wisdom, applying knowledge. God's wisdom, applying all knowledge, spiritual and worldly. Are we down with this? So, uh, we've got time to have an example. So, uh, go Lucy. I like that. Uh, we're going to read, uh, well, I'm going to read from Daniel chapter 2, verse 20 to 23. And I couldn't make it all fit on the screen big enough, so I gave you the best bits. Um, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness, and light dwells with him. I thank you and praise you, God of my ancestors. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we asked of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. Uh, anyone read Daniel lately? I like Daniel. I've always liked Daniel. It would have been easy to talk about Solomon today, but uh, I chose a story from Daniel. So this story, anyway, this is Daniel praising God. Um, it's a, it's a, a few verses of him praising God. And Daniel had been asked, uh, well, Daniel and the wise men uh, had been asked to interpret the king's dream. Which, uh, I don't know, does that sound like an unreasonable question? Anyone good at dream interpretation? I'm sure you can probably pay somebody to do it in, a, in this world. There are people that probably charge for dream interpretation. However, the king had been slightly unreasonable and he said, I'm not going to tell you what the dream is. I'd like you to tell me what my dream is and what it means. Uh, at which point, all of the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, the whatever they were, said, 
It's not quite fair, king. You've got to tell us what the dream is. There's nobody that can tell you what the dream is. And the king said, well, I'm actually quite set on you telling me what the dream is because I think you're all fobbing me off when I tell you what the dream is. So I'd like you to tell me what the dream is. And if you don't, I'll cut you all into little pieces. Nice man, nice man. Anyway, life would be more exciting with a king like that, wouldn't it? Uh, Can't see the queen going for it. Um, So Daniel said to God, what would be really helpful, God, is if you'd tell me the king's dream and tell me what it means. Uh, Daniel was a very spiritual chap. He was, uh, oh, I'm not going to tell the whole story. It'd be way too long. Daniel was a man following God. That's all you need to know. Um, So anyway, God did reveal the dream to Daniel and the interpretation, hence the verses of praise that we've just read. Um, The point being that God's knowledge and wisdom extends into the unseen world, and there's no way in a human sense, as the astrologers said, that they could have interpreted the king's dream. Yet God spoke through that situation uh, directly and gave Daniel the outcome, and uh, it turned about the situation. And just looking at those verses, the the excerpts that I featured on the screen, God's wisdom extends to the hidden things and the spiritual things of this world. And to those of us that follow him and ask him and take time and shut up and listen to him, then he reveals those things back to us uh, for use in situations. And that's what I believe the spiritual gift of wisdom is about. Graham's nodding, so I'm happy. (laughs) He didn't tell me what to say this week. Honestly. <laughs> Not really, actually, no. You don't. No. No, he's very good like that. Um, right. Go Lucy. Super. Sonic look. Um, so, it is because of him that you're in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. So, Christ crucified, Jesus dying for us, is the wisdom of God. I'm going to try and explore that a little bit. Um, So it was God's wisdom to send Jesus to earth to save us. God's wisdom is personified in Jesus, somehow, that we're probably not going to fully grasp. And just to illustrate how this doesn't look like worldly wisdom, Jesus had quite a lowly start, To the world, he could have looked like an illegitimate child of Mary and Joseph, who weren't yet married. Um, When he started his ministry, he picked, can we call them a ragtag bunch of followers? He didn't go for the kind of, the ones who'd been in prep school and and had all the training and were were looking like they're going to be the bright sparks. He kind of picked some fishermen up on the beach and said, do you want to come with me? because of the stance that he took, he got a hard time from the religious elite uh, and he regularly upset them and was at odds with them. He wasn't one of the in crowd in the temple. He wasn't one of the teachers that, um, that, that, that was kind of in the club, if you like. Um, in most situations, in all situations, he always took the lowest position. He didn't lift himself up. Um, and at the end of his time on earth, he died a criminal's death on a cross. Um, Now this is, no wonder the Jews mistook him. They were looking for a king to come and rule them, to come and take over, to save them from the Romans. And um, to be honest, it doesn't really sound like the most promising plan to save the world. 
If, if humans were in charge of making a plan to save the world, to get rid of all the bad stuff and to make everybody okay, um, do you think it would look like that? Would it look like Jesus? Oh, you're all very quiet today. Come on, Wendy. You're smiling. <laughs> someone told me last week, I led communion last week, and someone said, you were very excited, I like that. So uh, we'll try and get you guys excited too. We'll get there. Anyway, this is the good bit. So yet, despite all of that, God raised Jesus from the dead. Amen? Amen. His death paid the price for our sins, and he continues to represent us before Father God. He released us from the grip of the enemy and uh, released us into all freedom. Humans would never make a plan like that. But in God's wisdom, he sent Jesus to be the lowest to come and serve us, to come and serve the people that were around at the time, and to die for us on the cross, and it worked. What a plan. God's wisdom. Now, it was also God's wisdom to start the church, but don't get me started on that. (laughs) It's also another big puzzle. I think you mentioned it last week. Uh, We'd have never planned it like that. Lucy. She's on the ball. How's your Sudoku going? That's what she says. So, in thinking about all of this and thinking that God's wisdom is clearly superior and clearly brilliant and clearly something that I aspire to, and I don't know about you guys, um, I wondered how to get it. Uh, And once again, I could have picked a lot of verses uh, to look at this today but I whittled it down to four because they fitted on the screen. Three. I took one off, didn't I? I got another one here. I'm going to read you my extra one. In, um, in Job 12.12, 12, we've got, Is not wisdom found among the aged? Does not long life bring understanding? So that's one opportunity we've all got to get wisdom. It's just hang in there. <laughs> I felt that that one was kind of a given, though, so I wouldn't really put it on the screen because you... You maybe weren't thinking of giving up, I don't know. Anyway, uh, Proverbs 3, 7. uh, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. So, first tip to getting wisdom. Fear the Lord and shun evil. We talked about this when we were praying this morning. Might say, follow the Lord, respect the Lord, know about him and do something about it. Don't just know about him. Um, So don't just go about following your own wisdom. Look at God and turn away from evil. Proverbs 19.20 Listen to advice and accept discipline and at the end you will be counted among the wise. Anybody like discipline? I don't. My children don't. Uh, Anybody like being given advice when not asked for? (laughs) Or advice that doesn't tell you what you wanted to hear? Listen to advice and accept discipline. At the end, you'll be counted among the wise. Don't close your ears and do your own thing, I think is what that says. Don't pretend you know best. And then a great, great verse from James. James 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all, without finding fault, and it will be given to you. 
So Solomon was given the choice about what... Um, don't worry, there's not a stack. That's just rubbish. And only half of this counts. Solomon was... Um, Solomon was given the choice of whatever it is you want, you can have. Do you want the flashy trainers? Do you want the money? Do you want the nice car? And he, he took wisdom. And I think when faced with stuff or with wisdom, it's probably a hard choice. And maybe it's not presented to us quite like that. But when we realize we need wisdom and our stuff and our human wisdom hasn't worked, and doesn't work anymore, we can go to God who gives generously to those that ask. And I know, without tooting my own trumpet, that there have been times in my life when I haven't known the answer, and I've gone to God and he's given something that I would never have come up with. And I'm sure you've all got those examples in your life. But I wonder how many times I haven't gone to God and look for that wisdom, when actually I had a human answer, but God had a better God's wisdom, kingdom wisdom answer. And in a way, maybe before the fall, the way that God intended it back in the garden, back at the beginning of Genesis, before uh, they ate from the tree and before they had all the knowledge of what was going on in the world, Maybe they were a bit more innocent. Maybe they were a bit more stupid in our mind. I'm not sure. But maybe they were much more dependent on God and his wisdom. And maybe that's what God calls us to be like when he says to be like little children and to come to him and to stop leaning on our own wisdom. Uh, you know, lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him. What if we went to God every time we needed something? What if we asked every time without saying, actually, I've got this one, got this one, got this one. Oh, I'm stuck now. What if we went to God every time? And the great news is it's not about learning something hard. It's not about gaining knowledge. It's not about learning something new. It's just about asking God who graciously gives, who loves you, who's your father, who wants to lavish good things on you. It says he went to the cross for us and it was pure joy. He loves you so much. He wants good things for you. Lucy. He loves Lucy too. <laughs> How about asking God to challenge your idea of wisdom this morning? Whatever you think is wise, whatever I think is wise, whoever we respect for wisdom, whatever situations we think we've had wise outcomes in, how about asking God to challenge our idea of wisdom? to let us know how well our idea of wisdom lines up with his idea of wisdom. I think that this morning is an opportunity to stop worrying about being wise in the world's eyes and instead to keep going to Father God for wisdom. Like I just said, let's stop being wise and let's start asking God for wisdom. Maybe you know about some of the promises that are in the Bible. Maybe you know about some of the way that God's laid out in his word, the best way to live. And maybe I'm choosing to ignore that this morning in some areas of my life. Maybe, I don't know, maybe you're not like me. Maybe you, you do everything that you know, you know is right to do. 
in the Bible it talks about sowing and reaping and it says, as you, shall show, as you sow, so you shall reap. Maybe we know it, but maybe we still go and say nasty things to other people. Maybe we still go and do things that aren't right for other people or ignore things. And uh, we wonder why we're, we're reaping. It says, honour your parents and receive long life. Um, there's lots of things in the Bible where there's a promise. And there's lots of things where God says um, what's best for us as his children. And if we know it, but we don't act, we're not acting in wisdom, we're acting in foolishness. And I'm pretty sure I do it a lot. And perhaps if we ask him, I'm pretty sure he will actually, God will be faithful and gracious. And if we ask him to highlight this morning where he'd like us to change, where he'd like us to move into his level of wisdom, where he'd like us to stop compromise, stop applying human wisdom, stop doing what we think is the best, although it's a difficult situation and we're not really sure, and we start moving into what he's got, um, then maybe we'll see that, that fruit. So which do you choose this morning? It's not which do you theoretically choose, which would you choose, which might you choose, it's what you're going to choose to do next time situation comes up for wisdom. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you're a loving Father and you give graciously to us. We thank you that you love us so much that you sent Jesus to come and die for us on the cross. We thank you that his death was enough, that he paid the price for our sins, and that the redemption and holiness that he brings is your ultimate wisdom, and you shared it with us. It might look like foolishness to the world, God, that you would do that. Look like foolishness that you do it for us, and the plan itself looks crazy. But God, we just want to get in on that wisdom that you've got. We don't want to live on our own apart from you. We don't want to do it ourselves. And we don't want to pretend that we're enough without you, God. We need you this morning. We need you in our lives. Please help us turn to you. Please help us not lean on our own understanding. And please help us acknowledge you in everything that we do. I thank you that you don't leave us high and dry. You don't leave us making our own decisions. But you're gracious and you're with us. Praise you God this morning. Amen.